and welcome back to the Finns Nation UK podcast. We're here for a review of the Dolphins' loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. I am your host, as ever, Andy Davis, and I'm this week joined by a new guest. His name is Ian, but he's otherwise known to some of you as Craigo28. Hi, mate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Coney and Buffalo. I'm just Coney sleeping with the enemy, you know, staying with some friends with Buffalo Bills fans. Uh, going to the game tomorrow night. Um, so, yeah, currently in amongst enemy territory tomorrow night. But looking forward to that game. Um, and obviously, not long, came back to Philadelphia to watch our game, the game in question we're talking about today. So, um, yeah, it's been a good been a good few days. Good. It's good, it's good to hear. And I'm glad you're going to see a third game as well, because uh, the first one was a bit of a non-event. The second one was a loss. So now the fact you've got the chance to go and see the Bills as well, that's uh, it's a good trip. I like that. Yeah, if they can lose as well, it'll be just like even better. Oh, I mean, I've been on the cake, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, it'd be great. It'd be almost the perfect day, but um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing the tailgate tomorrow. I'm going to go, you know, tailgate with the Bills fans. I'm hoping I'll see someone jump off the table. That'll be, um, that'll be excellent. I was going to say, you go, are you going to jump off the table? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm so skinny. I think I'd actually maybe break break in half if I'm on the table. I'm yeah. like only eleven stones, so I think there's not much of me anyway. So I think if I broke up the table, I think there'd be nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as you are our first time on the podcast, I want to ask you the same question, guests, all of our new guests. So, what made you pick the dolphins? Do you want the genuine story or the one that I tell people? <laughs> Um, that makes me through combo. These fries and rings. Oh. BKUK. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear it. Oh, wait, it's me, not you. I was going to say, it's not me. I'm on my phone. It can't be me. Oh, God. I thought. <laughs> you don't know what I just heard. Um, turn on that. Basically, I had the. Um, the Eagles Dolphin stats up and they started playing the uh, Burger King Whopper Whopper song. <laughs> It's a shame you couldn't hear that. That'd have been amazing. You may have come out on this recording, but um, I forgot what I was even saying <laughs> now. But, um, yeah, so Ian, yeah, why the um, why the dolphins? Genuine true story. Um, I I got into American football when I was at school. Uh, I must have been about eleven or twelve. Uh, I think it was eleven, just before Christmas. A friend of mine's mum had been to New York and brought him back in New York Jets football. So we started throwing it around, all this sort of stuff. And I didn't have a team um, uh, and I didn't know who to support. I had no other connections with America. So I thought, where would I go? And I put all the names in a hat and then pulled out the Miami Dolphins. And that was literally one morning before school. So it must have been like half seven in the morning, just go bang. And it was Miami. So, yeah, I mean, been a little bit lucky because I could have ended up in some very cold places. But I managed to uh, managed to pick a nice holiday destination. I can take that. Plus a a team that has caused us a lot of pain over the years, but one that now is uh, coming through for us. Yeah, I mean, if you exclude what happened on Sunday, you know, it's been a very, very good start to the year. I've never seen us go 5-1, 4-1 ever in my, you know, 12 or years following the team. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a nice start to the season, but, you know, there obviously are concerning signs, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, later on. Um, you know, and I want to ask you as well, because now I've watched your channel for years, um, I want to know why 28. Uh, it is uh, this was my birthday, but I also played American football as well, and it was my number uh, that I played American football. Oh, um, yeah, running back would that be cornerback? I was I was a running back. Yeah, I was I was a running back and defensive end because we didn't have enough people to do both. So yeah, 
28 was coming at you either way, <laughs> whether you're on offence or defence. <laughs> you know, I, ne- I never delve into playing in open football. I guarantee I would have been a kicker. There's no way I would have wanted to get involved in those tackles. I would have been, you know what, give me the kicker role, but that'll be, that'll be enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are here to talk all things Dolphins Eagles, which of course did finish with a 38-17 to loss for the Dolphins, which means we go 5-2. and uh, thankfully, due to the Bills losing on the same day, we still maintain top place in the AFC East. Um, just want to go through some stats before we go on to specific talking points. Um, Tua Tango had 216 yards with one touchdown, one interception, uh, 23 completions from 32 attempts. Uh, run game was a bit poor, 46 yards from nine carries for Raheem Mostert. And then receiving-wise, Tyra Kill led the way with 88 yards, one touchdown from 11 receptions, although we all know should have been two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Wardle had 63 yards. Cedric Wilson had 46 yards, 48 yards, as well as one uh, one attempted pass. Um, and defensively-wise, there was an interception from Jerome Baker, uh, forced fumble as well. Christian Wilkins uh, got involved. Um, it was, I think, early stages, there was some positive, but overall... A disappointing, a disappointing evening for the Dolphins. Um, for you, first of all, Craig, um, sorry, Ian, uh, what was your take on the game? Um, I mean, the obvious thing is is the refereeing, which was so annoying, which I'm sure we're going to come on to a little bit more. But, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I, I watched quite a lot of like the previews and stuff like that, and people that were picking the Dolphins by a close game, I, I would know it was going to be close regardless. Um, so it was just a case of, how close? What what was it going to be? Um, are we going to go and take it to them? Are they going to really stick it on us? And it was unfortunately the latter that happened. Um, in in terms of the actual game itself, it was annoying and frustrating. And obviously when we, when we went behind, but actually I did see there to be certain signs again when Tour was throwing the ball. Um, but by that point, when you're already so far behind. It's just the offensive line that I think really cost us this game. And the thing that irritates me more than anything is it's missed tackles on defence as well. Um, the amount that we've had over the last few weeks uh, have been quite scary, actually. There's been so many times where, like, Stefan Diggs got out of a tackle. Um, there was one in the Giants game, I think, as well. It might be the, it might be the Panthers. I think it was the Panthers because I think they wanted to score from it. Um, that's the only thing I would say is... You know, against the Panthers, we started slow. We started slow again on Sunday. Uh, we have started slow at a few occasions. Um, the only game we really started fast, we put seventy on the board. Now again, that is because of uh, that's because of partly because of Denver, um, but also as well. You know, you have to give credit where it's due to us. Again, we we went out and took it to that. Uh, it took it in, to them in that game. But I think the main thing that was more frustrating for me in terms of this was. There was nothing new being added. There was no, okay, we are behind. What are we going to do now? Because we knew the run game wasn't really working. Um, What's going to be the next sort of step? Um, And the only thing I really took away from the game that was my sort of real pet peeve about it was we have signed Chase Claypool, who is a bigger, more physical receiver. And we never even looked like attempting to get him the ball. There wasn't really that sort of energy to go like, well, actually, this guy's bigger than Tyreek Hill. He's bigger than Jalen Waddle. Obviously, Waddle was out for a period of the game as well. So it would have been the perfect time to try it. Um, and that's the only thing I sort of, going into the season, I was a little bit kind of sceptical of going like, great, we've got the pace of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, uh, Raheem Most, uh, Devon A-Chain, um, and a few others as well, to be fair, that can move. 
but Claypool is fast and he is big as well. You could have tried to use him in this sort of scenario just to try and create something of your own. And when we lost Mike Gazicki in the summer, it was a little bit like, okay, don't particularly want to pay him that massive contract that he potentially is after. Um, but there 100% would have been a use for him. I mean, you look at him now, especially what he's doing in New England. I mean, he could have done so much more with us, you know, and he could have been as as useful, if not more useful to us. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of a complicated one, but the, the main takeaway I, I would have, it was the inability to change from what we were doing. We had a game plan and then when the game plan didn't work, it's that old, you know, cliche saying in boxing, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And then we continued to not get punched in the face, but we attempted to try and do the same thing. And then funny enough, you know, at the end of the game, we really didn't get punched in the face and it was a killer for us. Yeah, and I even think that we were lacking the way that the time ended when it did because there was a point at the end of the game when I believe it was AJ Brown or was it Devonta Smith where they got really into the red and then also then time got to two minute warning they just kneeled out kneeled and then so it could have been even if it was even a minute yeah. earlier, it could have been you know, th- even seven more points of a loss but I think you're right because you look at um, the Bills game as well just game there was a point where they managed to sort out Hill and Waddle and then after that it's like who are you going to go to I mean in the Bills game we had A-Chain and most I think that helped I think we did miss having A-Chain because that second choice to run to um, but I do think that what the Eagles have showed as well as the Bills that if you can stop Hill and Waddle, you can stop the Dolphins. Not to me, that's my yeah. worry about the Chiefs game in two weeks. That's my worry about any of the playoff games we may have. You know, that might happen again. And I think that teams are going to use those two games, I think, as blueprints when they're going into their weekly plan of each game. I ask my that's my big worry about when you have played the good teams, they have found a way to stop us. And I think you're right, if we had. A third choice receiver, you know, Gazicki was perfect for that. I know, you know, he wasn't the best blocking tight end, but I think as a receiver, he was great. And we didn't use him mm-hmm. anywhere near as we should have, uh, particularly with Daniel. So I think that's something we need to address. I think we hopefully will start using Claypool or some, at least someone. Um, you know, it's a shame mm-hmm. that he, uh, it's a shame he's coming on interviews there because Azuma Kanana, I think that's how you say his name, he was doing great in preseason. I think he could have been that third choice. And I think Keshaji Wilson had his moments, but. He's not done anything really since becoming a dolphin, but um, yeah, I think A chain's a massive miss. I do think it's a massive miss because he was that second choice of running, and I think he even showed at times um, that he could be that receiving back mm. in the season. We saw it at times, you know, during that Denver game, especially. And I think it's a big, big miss. And I think when we have him back, as well as Ramsey on defense, I think that's going to be a, a big, big upgrade. Mm. I found my issue with the game was as well as the defensive line. Obviously, know the one from I think she forgot his name, but uh, when we scored the touchdown from Tyree Kill, uh, there was a, obviously a whole defensive holding, which is a clear holding call that got brought back, and that would have been yeah. maybe a different game if we scored that touchdown at that point in the game to go. I think it would have been 10 10 or maybe 10 3 ahead. Um, yeah. the issue with the game was that we seemed to, I know the Eagles dealt with it well, but we seemed to really neglect the run, and we had that really good third quarter spell where we were running it really well with Raheem Mostert. I found that we didn't really use that enough after that. And I think that even if we could have done a bit more of the, the screen passes, the check down plays, where you could have got it to most at all, even Hill and Waddle, with the amount of receivers we have or weapons we have that are great at the yards after catch, I'm surprised we didn't see more of that because each time we saw a lot of times two had a, had a tough day in terms of protection from the other line. I think a lot of times when Eagles were coming at him, you could have easily gone down the route of making that screen pass, making that check down play. And that, I think that, that when he did use it, it worked well. And I'm surprised we didn't 
we didn't do it more. And I think that's part of our issue about what you said about being predictable because teams know, especially if we go behind, we're going to keep passing it, passing it to try and get down to Hill and Waddle. And it's becoming, I think you've shown in those two games that it's far too predictable. And obviously it works against the Panthers and the Giants because they're not very good teams. But against these good teams, they they yeah. they, they worked out way too early and they know that we're just going to, if we if they get an early score and they go ahead, they're just going to keep, you know, covering those two guys and then they're going to have success. And I think that's my big concern going into the rest of the season. I mean, I've got no problems. I think we'll make the playoffs. I think we've got a lot of teams I think will be easily... Um, I think mm-hmm. the might be a hard game for that reason. I think not make it tough, but uh, I think when it comes to the playoffs, I think that's going to be a big, big worry. And hopefully, McDaniel will and Vic Fangio will have some change in mind for those games. Hmm. I think. I mean, I, I've I've been looking at it the last few weeks. Um, I mean, essentially, we are we are less than halfway through the season, and I think that probably ten wins, maybe eleven, gets you into the playoffs. So we're halfway there. In terms of the results, you know, we are halfway there in terms of um, the games we've obviously played, the games we've won, but we've got quite a, not an easy run, that's unfair to say, but we've quite a favourable run um, when we go basically after the bye week, when we go and play teams like Tennessee, Washington, New York twice, I forget who the other one is, but the Patriots obviously coming up this weekend, which... I mean, you'd like to think is a game that we would turn up to the occasion. I did like the sort of reaction after the game of, you know, of our players who basically turned around and said that whoever we play next is going to feel it, you know, and I, and I, and I, I really sort of, I look forward and I'm excited by that. Um, but essentially, you know, we are halfway there in terms of getting to the postseason. Now, obviously, we don't want to just get to the postseason. We want to go and win the division. Um, we have a game against Buffalo right at the end of it. It could be a it could be a nothing game. It could be to go and win, you know. It could be to go and win the East. You know, it really it could be either way. Um, but we've also got Baltimore, who look like they're on a roll. Um, they're, I mean, obviously you saw them. I mean, they're one of the more excited teams to watch in the league. Um, I have Lamar Jackson, my fantasy team, so every week I know what he's going to come up with. You know, I I know how good of a player he he is. I was at the game where he absolutely whacked us um, in 2019. So, you know, it was. These sort of, you know, these sort of athletes, these sort of big names are always going to sort to come into it, you know, and the Jets in years gone by have sort of been that little bit up in the air. Are they, aren't they? You know, they're a good team now, but when they got Aaron Rodgers, it was like, wow, you know, like now they're a real team. You know, when you're talking about these superstars and we're lucky that with some of the games we've got coming up, like I've said, Tennessee and not as much. Um, but I mean, they've got Hopkins, but again, they're looking to potentially trade him for all we know. But then you're looking at the commanders, haven't really got that person who's going to, you know, try and carry them to victory. They've got probably Chase Young, but that's probably about it. Again, the Jets are sort of looking at that little bit slower. Um, so we are going to be able to go and work a lot of wins against these teams. But again, it's against the big boys. You know, it's against the ones where you can sort of hold yourself accountable, you know, hold yourself accountable. Okay, we made this mistake, but we've still then gone and done this. Um that's the thing I really want to see that more of. And unfortunately, obviously, the Kansas City game is going to be a little bit of a weird one being in Germany. Um, obviously, are you going to be there? Um, I haven't got tickets yet. I'm hoping I've applied for media credits on behalf of the podcast. So I'm hoping I can um, go back. Get in that way. 
But I think as well, I, there's a big sort of consensus because I've mentioned it before on podcasts that I've never seen us win a game live in person and I'm now 0-5. Don't like, go. Please, Andy, don't go. Don't, don't, don't go. Don't <laughs> that's what everyone's been doing the last few days. I, mean, I think I'm banned from going to any of the fan events. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have seen there's a few a few people who want your picture on <laughs> doors <laughs> going, like, I don't want you coming in here. I have seen that. Um, but yeah, no, that 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 game in in Frankfurt is going to be huge. Um, and again, let's be honest with ourselves. Everyone, the narrative at the moment, I keep seeing it in the media over the last two or three days. Who have the Dolphins been? Who have the Dolphins been? You know, I, I saw a graphic from the the greatest show on turf when that you know they obviously went um, on did and did what they did. Um, they didn't beat a lot of really really good teams. I think the best record they had at the time was seven and seven. That was towards the end of the season where they'd already pretty much made the playoffs. Um, so. I, I don't actually think you need to go and beat one of these like big boys, you know, massively. But what pressure does that put on other teams around the league if we go to Frankfurt and go and beat the Chiefs? You know, if we go and apps, not hand it to them, but if we go and even show ourselves a really good account, we lose by a point, two points, like that'd be heartbreaking. But again, a lot of people still go, okay, yeah, this Dolphins team are serious. You know, they are a really good team, but the win is so much more. It's so much more, you know, energetic. It's so much more um, to gain from it, all these things. But I still worry, and, and I have worried, even since the start of the season, everyone's banging on about Tour staying upright. Everyone's saying about him staying healthy. What about when, again, the quick, short stuff doesn't work, which is what really happened with the other night? You've then got to put the offensive line into this real sort of, you know, the, the real pressured situation. And yes, we've got Armstead. Yes, we've got Williams coming back. But again, they're not back right now. Um, and if they are back, are they going to be as good as as we hope? Obviously, Rams is coming back. Howard's coming back. I even floated around the idea when I said it in one of the groups. I think I would potentially look at trading Xavier Howard if the offer came in. Um, I mean, I look at Denver, who are particularly... Uh, in need of a lot of the moment, could you say actually let's throw the salary over to them? I wouldn't want to see it end like that for Xavier Howard as a Dolphin, but we've got to think about a long term future for us. And also, we have to think about right now. And Howard has been good, but not that same level that we've been paying him, you know, all those years for. Um, I think there's a lot of things around the Dolphins that could be better, but I think the main one needs to be the offensive line because, again, in this game, it got not battered, but it, it I mean, it proved that it was our weak point. Um, and again, we've the offensive line has stood the test against NAF teams, it has not stood the, te- uh, the test against really good teams. Hill and Waddle and, and Tua have again, have they've had big games against big teams? Um, they've not only this season, but yeah, last year as well. I mean, we look at Baltimore, look at LA right at the start of the season in the charges, you know, we absolutely took it to them. We were brilliant in that game. The defense slightly let us down, but again, you also have to give credit to the, the to the opposition as well. They were a really good team. And obviously they haven't picked on the way that they would have hoped to, but you know, it, we, we can only play what's in front of us. And at the time they were really, really good. So I think the, the pressure needs to be on a couple of changes. The idea to maybe trade for a couple of people. I saw the rumor flying around that a trade might be happening um, in the next couple of days, apparently. That's what I heard. But the deadline is Halloween. And I mean, what are we on now? The 25th today? So we've pretty much got like a week, less than a week. Um, I think we need to make a couple of moves if we're really serious about moving forward. Um, but the other thing is, I think we need to realise as well, and I think Mike McDaniel, to be fair, I think we'll do it. Um, but I do think that the short game, the run game, everything being rapid, we've had two occasions now where it's not worked. 
And I think, bear in mind, we have to go to Baltimore as well later on in the season. The last thing we want to do is get battered away on the road around Christmas. Uh, I think it might even be New Year. I think it's a New Year's game. Um, get battered on New Year away to Baltimore. And even if we do make the playoffs, we're already on a lull, you know, because we've just been beaten, you know, heavily on you know two weeks beforehand or whatever. Um, so I do think there's a, there's a couple of big changes that are needed. Um, don't want them to work instantly. They might, they might not work in time for, you know, for the Chiefs game in Frankfurt. But if you're showing the progressions and starting showing signs that, you know, we are serious and we are going to continue to change when we need to change and do what we do and do it very well all at the same time. That's when you start to get a real championship quality, you know, kind of a team. Um, and even to be fair, the chiefs, you look at them, they realize they made a mistake in McCall um, Hardman getting traded away. They've now brought him back. Yeah. Fine. It'll cost them a little bit in terms of capital, but at the end of the day, I mean, they realize they made a mistake and they're going to go and change it. That's what really, really good teams do. And that's what I want to see the dolphins do some more of. Um, because there are definitely are holes that need to be addressed massively. Absolutely. And I think that it's, you know, the defensive line has been really, ever since I've been a fan of the team and properly watched games, it's never really been good. Um, you know, mm. I, I follow, you know, I'm Welsh, obviously, I'm rugby with my family and constant for years, all you can think of are bad lineouts. And um, it feels yeah. in the NFL, it's, you know, it's it's constantly every year the same problem arises. And then, I think actually there against a good against a bad teams have been pretty good. I mean, two it didn't get sacked. I think only once in the first few weeks. So we had a good start, and I think there's definitely been some improvements, but still nowhere near as good as we want it to be. And against good teams, as, as we've been saying, you know, against Bills and the and the Eagles, you know, it, it's it's a it's a really poor. They really perform poorly. But I think I think the Chiefs game in two weeks. I think even if you lose that game, I think that I'd rather lose that game than lose against Baltimore. When it is, because I think it's not really how you start, it's how you finish. If we, I think we can easily lose a game we've got, what, eight, nine weeks after that to make changes. Mm-hmm. If we lose, like we have to the Eagles and Bills against Baltimore Ravens and Baltimore, so close to the playoffs, I think that would be a, a bigger woe for me. Uh, and I do think yeah. even, um, even if you beat the Chiefs, there'll be a bit of an asterisk because people will be going, oh, it wasn't in Kansas, it was in Germany, it was a neutral venue. And there's always going to be if we win that game, which I think actually I've got confidence we will because I think the Chiefs defence is nowhere near as good as the Eagles defence is. So I've got more confidence in that game than I did before this game, which yeah, I just had. But mm-hmm. I think if we win that game, will be everyone will be saying, oh, they were, they were in Germany, they weren't in Arrowhead. You have, I think there'll be always be that sort of asterisk. But if we can beat them, mm-hmm. I think even so, to beat Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid, I think that's a big statement. But I do think that Baltimore game, I think will be a big test because at that point, we'll probably be you uh, you think still challenging for the AFC East, and you'd think all oh, but they're in the playoffs. If we can beat them, a team that will be most likely playing in the playoffs in the Ravens. I think mm-hmm. it's a big big statement, and I think that's the game we should be looking at winning more than the Chiefs game because it's that'll be so close um, mm-hmm. to, to the end of the season. But if we're going to beat the Ravens, we'll hope that um, we have better officiating than we did on Sunday. I mean, what was your take on the calls? Because McDaniel's come out and spoken about it, talked about the bad officiating. There was the the one I can remember top ahead was Cedric Wilson, uh, that one, which was even I, you know, I was the other end of the field and I was up in the gods and even I could see from where I was that it was a clear, a clear holding. There was other ones, sorry, a clear, not a, not a penalty. And there were so many other calls as well in the game that were just like, what's going on here? Like, how are they? And it's just, it, uh, I saw the stuff come out about the fact that yeah. I was either one of the officials on the field or he was in, in New York or something where he was from Pennsylvania, about 17 Yeah, he, he, was, he was on the field. He, he he was making 
big decisions. He was the one who called roughing the passer on uh, Christian Wilkins. Um, the thing is, right, the way that the way that you can look at it and go like, oh, well, we had 10 penalties and they had none, right? Some of the penalties that we had were justified. Christian Wilkins lined up in the neutral zone, uh, um, yeah, in the neutral zone, um, and he ahead of the ball, offside constantly. You know, it happened. The reason why he did it is because he was right up for the game. Now, you can look at it as a negative and go like, well, that's a stupid mistake. Or you can take it the other side of it, going like, this guy is ready to really go and, and attack this. So, again, you're going to lose some penalties in games. Things happen. It is what it is. But it was the thing that really got to me is the fact, the fact that I had none. But it was the amount of offsetting penalties. Because they found things that were wrong with the Eagles and then continued to find things that were wrong with us. And it basically just felt, again, like the balance of it, you know, again, probably two or three, maybe four of our penalties were probably justified against us. And we do need to massively, you know, improve that. But why were we having to make penalties? You know, why was Christian Wilkins having to line up the way that he did? Yes, he's right up for the game. But the fact of the matter is their offensive line was phenomenal and ours needed a bit of a, a, a push. You know, our defence was... You know, it, it, it was it was not dire. It, it was in dire need of some help in terms of some people being back and healthy. And I've seen Nick Needham has been um, activated again, which is great. I mean, that's going to be a big help. And obviously Ramsey coming back and hopefully Xavier Howard coming back as well. Um, all these things are sort of good signs. But in terms of on the defensive side of the ball, with missed tackles, with some of the personnel that we had behind the offensive line, um, with people like Bradley Chubb, who maybe would like to have made a bit more of an impact than he has since coming here about a year ago. Um, Jerome Baker, whose level seems to have sort of stopped. That's why the defensive line had to go and do things like that. Now, in terms of an offense, we know we were banged up on the offensive line. People like Leon Eichenberg, people like Austin Jackson, these people are not, you know, we, especially with Austin Jackson. I When I was at the London game against the Jags, um, I have called him out previously, um, and I said like he, he, it was a waste of a first round pick, and I probably would agree with myself that he was a waste of a first round pick. Um, but this season, early doors, I'm thinking like, okay, this guy can be can be useful for us, you know, because again, when you've got the whole unit, you've got Teron Armstead, you've got Carter Williams, you know, he can be the best of he can sorry he can be the worst of you know of a of a decent group. But then when we started to get the injuries come out, Wynn obviously got injured. Um, who was the other guy who came in? That's I can't think one. of his name now. That's the one. Yeah. Not good enough. So you then had to look at someone like Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg playing centre, which is just horrible to watch. It really is. That's not his position. But even I would argue that, again, he's probably not worth the pick that we that we spent on him. Um which sounds really harsh. I don't want to dig these people out, but at the end of the day, I mean, Dolphins is the main priority. It's not these individual people. Um, you know, there are main issues in terms of the offensive line. And yes, we were taking, you know, yes, we were taking some penalties um, and we were giving up a few as well and, and they were justified penalties. But it was the amount that they deliberately missed on the Eagle side of the ball or the way that they found them randomly for us you know, it, it was so infuriating. And again, like Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and said, like, officials need to be paid as full-time salary sort of thing. They need to be properly, properly paid. Um, and why not? You know, like, again, this league is absolutely huge. And these people in the league that turn around and say that officials need to be paid properly, uh, properly um, it, it's just so infuriating in terms of 
you know, our game, yeah, we weren't good enough. We, I'll be honest with you. I think even without the penalties, we probably still would have lost that game. But it puts us in situations where we could have taken the lead. It puts us in situations where we actually go, no, no, no we're here to play. We're going to absolutely go for this. Um, and I think, you know, I saw like Colin Howard ranked as like the 10 best team in the league on the power rankings and stuff like that. And I get, so I sort of get why I do. But then there's this obvious missing of when things went against us. You know, again, the who have they beaten? That, you know, that narrative's going around at the moment. I'll tell you who's beaten us is the poor officiating in the NFL, you know, that's beaten us this week. That, 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 that's the truth, you know. Because um, the Eagles, again, probably deserve to win the game, but it would have been close. And in close games, we've been on the wrong side of them before, and the Eagles have been on the wrong side of them before. Very, very easily, the whole narrative could have changed very, very quickly. And in terms of the officiating, I probably would agree and say that they do need to be paid full time. I think they need to look properly into it. With America being such a large country, obviously we are soccer fans as well. Referees go up and down the country. You actually, more often than not, don't referee the team that you support. You know, now the argument's going to be that in America, a country so big, people can't always give up weekends to go and travel from the West Coast over to the East Coast. You know, there's also very different styles of football and how it's been sort of played. I mean, everyone's talking about the Dolphins' offense can't travel because they're down in South Beach. We play a very different style of, you know, a very different style of football over in the West Coast. It's a very different look. But obviously, then coming over to the East, there's different ways. They're a bit more of a power-based team. Doesn't make it wrong. It sort of just feels like Champions League sort of officiating, where you go like, well, in Premier League, that's not a foul. I mean, that's not a foul. And that's, you know, again in. In, in soccer, in football, that, you know, it puts your team back on, on the back foot for a minute. But then the way that the game goes is is different. But in terms of in the NFL, it makes massive differences. You know, the momentum completely swings. Um, it, it, it's so infuriating. But do I think, again, do I think the Dolphins were good enough to win this game? No, but to completely ignore the officiating and the, and the absolutely horrendous standards that it has sort of hit over the last couple of years, um, especially with this year. I mean, there were so many games on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if you've seen anything from the Indianapolis Colts game. Yeah, have you seen anything yeah. from that? Shocking, absolutely terrible. Um, there was another one that I can't think of off the top of my head as well. But again, there's been so many games that have been so infuriating. It needs to be looked at properly. And I think it's the sort of same thing relating it to, to football, soccer a little bit again. It's like VAR. The idea is perfect. You need to f- all be singing from the same hymn sheet with how to use it. And I think that's the same thing with the NFL. Because, again, it's down to opinions. It's a it's a people's game. But the fact of the matter is you can't then go and challenge things like a rough in the past call. Because if we'd have challenged it, thrown that up to New York, oh, that's getting, that's getting taken back. It, it's absolutely fine. But, of course, that's not how the game goes. You need to obviously do all these things. But the fact that we're even talking about that as a hypothetical situation just sums up everything that's going wrong in the NFL in terms of how they conduct themselves in terms of officiating, who's running the games. Um, and you get Gene Serator on bloody all the all the broadcasts going like, yep, yeah, that's that and that's that and that's that. Thinking like, well, if this guy can still do it at the same level, yes, okay, fine, he can't probably run out of the pitch as much anymore. That's fair play to him. But how are you then not, you know, Gene Serator is this, again, well-respected guy. If you hired him for the NFL and said, this is how we officiate. This is where our standards are. Get everyone in for a meeting every single week, something like that. It's a full-on commitment. It's not something like a job you just sort of fall into sort of thing because that's how you improve a league. That's how you get better. 
And it might be you still miss some big calls. But that's life. That's people. We make mistakes and it's fine and we're going to get annoyed about it. But it is what it is. But the NFL, again, I saw it in a media, uh, a media outlet. I can't remember who it was. I think it was again Colin Coward. It's a TV show, the NFL. They want to make it interesting. They want to make it exciting. The fact that we're sitting here talking about it probably suits into their hands. Doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it for, for the betterment of the game. But it does make it for the betterment of the money that's going into people's pockets. And that is a alarming thing for a sport that we love so much. Yeah, and I think we saw it even with the Chiefs Vikings game a few weeks ago. There were some questionable calls there, and um, the Chiefs have definitely been on the on the right end of a lot of calls. Even if you go back to mm-hmm. the game against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and it's um, it's worrying because we, you know, we we obviously we're Premier League fans. You know, we're so used to seeing it in Premier League, and you know, you'd like to think that other sports, you know, everyone goes up rugby. Our rugby doesn't do these mistakes, and it's day and tennis, same thing. Those two sports seem to get it bang on, but it seems with both kinds of football that we love. Seems to be mm-hmm. off like that. Um, but well, one positive, of course, came from the game with the forced fumble. Um, Christian Wilkie yep. getting involved there was obviously if he'd not got him, I'm sure Zach Seeder would have got him as well. And um, it was a but both of them sort of won that battle in the trenches. But um, I think overall, I think what you're saying is right because I think that I don't think we were good enough. I think really, I think the scoreline maybe even flattered it because we only scored one touchdown. We had one touchdown drive the entire game, and um, yeah. Is once again sadly a big game where two has not performed, um, and I think there has to be a worry, you know, going into the rest of the game that. But I think also it's down to offensive line. I think if you had the Eagles' offensive line or the Niners with Trent Williams' offensive line, I think it'll be a whole different ball game. I think he's just unlucky in the way that we can't seem to ever be able to draft a good offensive lineman. Um, and hopefully, Charles comes back. But even if he's back, it's like how long will he be back for? Because the amount of injuries he has, it's quite concerning. But you know, I think overall. If you told me come August that would be five and two, I would snap you. Oh yeah, every, every, you, you'd be an idiot to not rip people's hands off for that. Again, said it before, we're seven weeks into the season and we are halfway there. Mm. Like that's the way you've got to look at it. It's not exactly where we want to be, but to start the season to say that look, it's in your control, it's in your hands. You haven't got to rely on other people. That's more than I've seen in the Dolphins. In again. How long have I been a fan now? What year are we in? About 14, 13, 14 years. You know, I've never seen us be in that sort of position. So you have to, you know, snap someone's hand off for it. The only thing I will say, slightly in the fact, it, it, against it, is the fact that Tua is still on a rookie contract. This is the time to win. This is really the time to go and spend the money where you need to spend the money, pay the people you need to pay. And I think, again, the offensive line and how it's sort of the scenario that it's in, if you build a really good offensive line and you pay that really good offensive line, you know, reasonably well, not obviously over the top, but you play it reasonably well. If people do go elsewhere and go, oh, I know I need to go and get the money for my family. You go, OK, great. Do you want to come and join one of the best offensive lines in the league? Wicked. We'll make you better. It has to. It has to be the priority because it protects Tua. It protects whoever else is behind him in terms of running back. It would be A-Chain or Mostert um, or if any other, if God forbid Tua comes out of it and... Uh, you know, with an injury or something like that, whoever the backup's going to be, it protects the franchise so much more. And although, yes, fine, it's splashy and everything in terms of having the speed offence, but the offensive line needs to be better. But again, as you said, going early doors into the season, five and two, completely happy with it. A lot of media outlets saw us being currently something like three and three, four and three, whatever the mass works out at. I'll take that. I'll take it all day long. Exactly. 
But that is where we'll end this podcast for today. So first of all, thank you, Ian, for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, are you going to Germany? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> if work, if work asks, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course well, we've got less than a minute left but you've got a new podcast coming out in November I believe is that right? Yes so we are um, it, well we say podcast it, it's going to be a sort of media outlet as of right now um, it's called Out of the Pocket NFL that's what it is on Instagram um, so Out of the Pocket we're going to try and just get updates and stuff it can be news bits it can be some memes it can be um, interviews hopefully with a couple of players as well which I'm trying to sort out at the moment so yeah, it's all looking sort of fun. I've been doing NFL content for years, so it's quite nice to have it all now going to be in one place where before it's been sort of a little bit scattered all over the place. So, yeah, make sure you check out on Instagram, Out of the Pocket NFL. Um, yeah, there's slowly stuff starting to go up very slowly. Amazing stuff. So do check that out once it comes into fruition. In the meantime, this has been the Fins Nation UK podcast. Huge thank you to Jess Granger for the theme tune, Wayne Carlard for the podcast graphic. I've been host Andy, this has been Ian, and we will see you guys next time. (laughs) 